Lessons in Attachment is the podcast where I am talking openly and honestly about some of the key challenges so many of us face in love, dating and relationships, especially when we relate to having an anxious and or avoidant attachment style. I'm Carly Ann, I'm a somatic practitioner with a focus on attachment and self-esteem. Driven by my own journey of doing the inner work on healing the past and becoming more secure, this podcast is where you will find top healing tips, other people's lessons in love, and a community of people just like you and just like me that are determined to break the cycle of insecure attachment. I truly believe that everyone deserves a healthy love in their lifetime. Hello and welcome to Lessons in Attachment. Welcome back. Today we are going to be talking about a topic that, is it the most that I get asked about? Is it the most that I see um, can feel quite distressing for people? I'm not 100% on that, but I do know that it comes up an awful lot. So if you're someone who asks yourself questions similar to this, what should I do if self-soothing techniques don't seem to work for me or if I find them difficult to use in the moment? So can you relate to that? Can you relate to learning lots about self-soothing skills, about how to regulate your emotions and all about attachment styles, yet there still seems to be this sort of head-heart disconnection. So you know a lot of information, yet living it, being it, there seems to be a disconnect. And in fact, you can probably see yourself playing out the patterns that you'll actually probably feel quite desperate to change. I know that I've been there to the point where I questioned if I could self-soothe And I really, really see the shifts in my daily life. Even just this weekend, I've seen something happen, play out where I would have been triggered in the past and it wasn't there. And I mean, the beauty in that is, I guess the question is, am I self-soothing anymore? Or is that new way? Is that a new way of being? Um, but, you know, I was aware that this was something that could have triggered me in the past. So I'm sure that there was some soothing going on. And there's been other times where I actively see myself soothe myself to choose to respond before I react. So can you relate to this? Can you relate to this idea of really wanting to be able to self-soothe in order to help your own well-being? your own happiness, to break out of those spirals of shame that sometimes follow these outbursts because they're not aligned with who you are, to improve your relationships, to improve how you show up in your daily life. Now, I am going to go on and talk about what it looks like for each attachment style when they struggle with self-soothing. And I'm, of course, going to be giving you some tips on how to self-soothe, looking at attachment-focused support that's out there, you know, up-to-date research that says this is what helps someone to be able to develop their skills to self-soothe. And it's really one of my missions It's really one of the core reasons that I'm here is because I really believe that those of us that have grown into adulthood with an insecure attachment, we really, really deserve the skill to be able to self-soothe because it makes so much difference. 
Now, let me just say before we dive into this episode, inside the Attachment Recovery Gym, which is my online membership, think of it like Netflix. Yeah, you sign up, you get access to a library of resources, library of meditations and masterclasses. Now, for the whole month of November, the Attachment Recovery Gym presents the Self-Soothing Series. This special series is perfect if you're ready and willing to make a commitment to your emotional well-being, to develop these skills and your happiness and your secure attachment. This series is going to offer structured self-soothing plans for you that you can put into action. Certainly, if you think about, you know, it's going to be the month of November, so it's going to see you through to 2024, you know, designed to help you heal old patterns and triggers. So it's going to include a short course to address your self-soothing struggles and customize that plan for you, a live Q&A a private podcast just for members that addresses why insecure attachment gets stuck with self-soothing and of course the how to break free so we're really if you think if you listen to what we're doing today we'll kind of dive deeper into that into like the how and what can that look like practically in your day-to-day life so as you're listening to the podcast today if you're thinking about how 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 remember the self-soothing series because we will really dive into that You'll also have a daily meditation practice, a daily diary. You'll also have access to a monthly romance reading and two somatic attachment sessions for self-soothing. I'm definitely excited to invite new members into the membership. It's a space that's really growing and it's just beautiful. And yeah, if you relate to this podcast, if you have an insecure attachment, this is an investment that I really, really recommend. So developing your self-soothing skills, especially as an adult, right? Something that if only we had learned, witnessed, embodied as a child, I know. But let's just meet ourselves where we are. It's crucial for our relationships, our resilience, our well-being. And it's fair to say that attachment-focused research really provides actually valuable insights into how you can cultivate these skills to be able to regulate when you're triggered. And that's what I really want to explore with you, you know, so that you can have some gems, so that you can understand a little bit more about what is it that actually we need to do in order to change. Now, something I would say And when I say change, I know that most of the time you've probably got your act together. It's in these moments. It's when you're attracted to someone. It's when you've lost yourself in love. I totally get that. And another side note before I dive in, with everything that I'm talking about, don't undervalue the power of practice. This is not a case of just try these things once and then you're going to see the big results. This is a case of practice. That's exactly why it's called the Attachment Recovery Gym. We treat this like we uh, treat anything else that we're trying to change in our lives. It's like going to the gym. It's like exercising a muscle. When you look at attachment theory, it's really suggested that the quality of our previous relationships 
really influence our ability to regulate our emotions, our ability to be able to soothe. Uh, you know, secure attachment, you see a sense of safety, trust in relationship. And one of the key things is skills around being able to self-soothe, skills around being able to be flexible when you get triggered, to be able to pull back and see, zoom out and like see things a little bit clearer. Now, when we're looking at insecure attachment, Anxious, avoidant, in disorganized styles, they tend to be associated with different kinds of triggers and reactions. Of course, there's similarities and crossovers, but the triggers are things that get that emotional reaction within us. They tend to be quite unique to you as an individual and your attachment style. And of course, it will depend on what attachment tendencies you're displaying at the moment. And it's worth noting that I'm intentionally using the word react as opposed to respond, because that reaction describes that more kind of immediate reaction when something happens, whereas a response, it kind of implies that there's more of a thoughtful, intentional approach. And that's kind of where we want to get to, right? We want to go from reacting to responding is that something that feels like desirable to you are you someone that would love to be able to respond instead of react to your emotional triggers to the triggers that activate your attachment system I know it's something that certainly many of my clients and people in the membership really do share that they want to experience more of in their lives and in their relationships so if you feel that as well I guess this is a note just to say you're definitely not on your own with that and again it highlights why I make decisions like bringing the self-soothing series into the membership for next month when thinking about what I wanted to bring to this episode it felt important to talk to you about each attachment style so let's begin with thinking about anxious attachment. Common triggers can include like perceived threats to the relationship. So you perceive that your partner is creating distance or you're really noticing a lack of responsiveness from someone. And these triggers can really activate our fears of abandonment, fears of rejection. And when this happens, we react to these triggers with becoming, you know, hypervigilant, preoccupied with seeking reassurance, attention and closeness with this person. This is where you might hear or see the kind of clingy behavior that we talk of, you know, when it feels really distressing and that need for connection can feel really, really strong. When we look at avoidant attachment, Typically, someone may be triggered by perceived threats to their independence, that sense of autonomy. You know, these triggers might be feeling like someone's almost suffocating you or wanting to know where you are, wanting to make those plans all the time and really just feeling like there's something in my space. It's a fear of losing like a sense of self. And in response to these triggers, it might be that individuals will withdraw emotionally, create distance, avoid that intimacy, and really prioritize that self-reliance. And again, it is a reaction. 
to suppress needs, to suppress vulnerability. It's a reaction in order to protect self, also from these underlying fears. And when we look at disorganized attachment, individuals may experience triggers related to unresolved trauma, inconsistent caregiving experiences that are related to their past. Their triggers can really include situations that might remind them of the past, of that trauma that I talk about, of experiences that bring up, you know, deep feelings of confusion, fear, helplessness. And the reaction to these triggers, it can be quite unpredictable, actually, quite erratic. It may go very quickly between avoidant and anxious. But there's that, again, that struggle, of course, to regulate emotions. And with that, there's that difficulty in forming stability and just really alternating here between seeking closeness and pushing other way, uh, pushing others away. When we're talking about these kind of topics, I love to just throw that reminder in there that, you know, these reactions to triggers, they're not fixed. We can change our attachment style. And that's something I really want you to get from this podcast is to know that I witness, I work with people that see shifts in how they react. I deliver courses and workshops, and I'm not exaggerating. When I say a week later, someone has messaged me to say that they have seen a difference in how they've reacted. So how do we do, or how they've responded, I should say, is it's going from that reaction to that response. And I guess we want to think about, well, how does that happen? And for me, you know, I talk about becoming secure and I really look at six skills to becoming secure. Today, I'm going to look at sort of just I'm going to limit it and just share a few areas that I think can be really, really powerful for you that hopefully you can put something into action today. But, you know, there are other factors for you just to keep in mind, like I did say about the practice, remembering the role of community and therapy to be able to self-reflect. You know, when you're wanting to cultivate healthier ways of relating to others, there is clear research that comes through. And like we see um therapy that having that secure person to go and have those conversation with is really really important one evidence-based approach to developing self-soothing skills and I say one because remember this is like a puzzle and this is the one you're not going to be surprised to hear me say because I think it comes up in most episodes and certainly I talk about it in the membership all the time is to create mindfulness practices Mindfulness involves paying attention to the present moment to be able to change where you put your focus. And one of the key elements here is the non-judgmental awareness. You know, mindfulness, it incorporates compassion so nicely. And that is so necessary when it comes to this journey. And research within mindfulness, it really shows that it can enhance the self-soothing, emotion regulation, reducing stress. So by practicing mindfulness, you can learn to 
self-reflect, to observe your thoughts, emotions without becoming overwhelmed by them. And it's from there, it's from that place where we have implemented some self-soothing that we can respond instead of react. There was a study in 2018 that looked at the impact of mindfulness on self-soothing And it was in adults with a history of childhood adversity. So you see that related a lot to insecure attachment. The results of this study indicated that the participants who underwent that intervention, they showed significant improvements in their self-soothing skills. Okay, significant improvements in their self-soothing skills. It included better self-compassion. It included reduced emotional reactivity. So this really highlights the potential that mindfulness can have in your life. Now, as an example, in the attachment recovery gym, I encourage people and I provide this in there to have 15 minutes a day of practicing a daily routine. And in that, I incorporate mindfulness because of these very reasons I can provide that, but you have to make the decision to be the one to practice. Another approach to helping you with your self-soothing skills is the use of sensory-based strategies. Yeah, so if you've worked with me, remember what the work that we've done around using your senses, especially smell, actually. But sensory-based self-soothing techniques, they involve, yeah, using your senses to regulate emotions and promote your relaxation and you'll see the the links there between mindfulness but these techniques they can really include activities that involve um, deep relaxation listening to music like music is so powerful and I know many of you know that already just engaging in activities that provide like sensory comfort a warm bath taking that shower a warm blanket and again research backs this up yeah it backs it up that people who engage in sensory-based activities experienced reduction in anxiety symptoms reported improved self-soothing abilities so it really shows you that this stuff can be really really powerful so there's only so much learning that we need to do about attachment styles there's only so many questions you need to be asking that person about closure and why they did and their own attachment style before instead you're actually taking a step back and saying how do I bring this into my daily life that's what's going to help improve your relationship now I've got a couple more that I want to go through this one I've kind of alluded to already when I was speaking about the importance of therapy and community so there is also an idea that the impact of having supportive relationships can also help your self-soothing abilities So particularly this is seen in adults where there's a history of trauma. It's really indicated that if you have secure relationships around you, that is going to support your self-soothing skills, lower levels of anxiety and distress. So I would say this highlights the importance of you, number one, nurturing like healthy relationships that are in your life. And you might need to notice them. 
Number two is creating that. So looking for community, finding people to be around that create that sense of safety. And number three, being really mindful of who you're giving your time to in terms of those that actually trigger the anxiety of people that you don't feel like you can trust. Be really mindful of that. This is choice. And I know if you know you have anxious attachment and there's someone that you're currently kind of activated by i know it's easier said than done but sometimes you know if we bring in these other tools such as okay well let me start to engage in community let me start to surround myself with people where i can trust them and the mindfulness and the sensory activities All of that together over time can get you to a place where you're going to feel stronger. You're not going to want to surround yourself with people that, you know, fire your nervous system into a state of anxiety or that you can't trust. A lot of these tools you'll need to work with knowing that it's over time. So I I quite often will ask people, where do you want to be a year from now? You know, get started on these tools now and imagine where you'll be a year from now don't make the mistake of thinking I need to do something right this second to see the results tomorrow because that's often when we give up and especially on self-soothing and self-compassion it takes time finally I just want to share with you another huge part of the work that I do again that I'm covering a lot in my courses my one-to-one work and the membership and also though you'll see this weaved throughout the podcast and my Instagram and this is looking at the role of our thoughts and our core beliefs it involves questioning the beliefs that we hold about ourselves about others relationships For example, if you are believing that you're unworthy of love, can you explore any evidence that actually contradicts that? Addressing our beliefs and cognitive reframing can be really, really helpful in this process to develop new thoughts, new ways of thinking, new coping strategies and behaviours that align with a more secure attachment style. You know, by actively engaging in new behaviors like setting boundaries, seeking support, learning effective communication skills, these kind of things can reinforce the new beliefs and thought patterns that we really want you to be able to develop for yourself. You know, if you just take a a step back now and you think about the core beliefs that you hold, thoughts that you have about yourself each day and about love and about others that self-reflection just examining your experiences you can start to identify the beliefs that could be underlining that intense reaction when you are triggered you know if you get triggered and then you're having these immediate thoughts about being unworthy of love that others are going to abandon you or that you can't trust your partner if you get triggered And it feels like it's because someone has not texted you back. And in reality, there is a core belief of I'm not good enough being triggered. And we're going to have an intense reaction. 
So really looking at how we are viewing the world and viewing ourselves can be a really important step in changing our attachment style and being able to self-soothe in the moment. Because as we change our thoughts, as we change our beliefs, we don't get so triggered. We don't get so reactive in that moment. And actually, although we have the self-soothing series in the attachment recovery gym starting in November, there is currently a workshop that you can watch that looks at the role core belief assumptions and negative thoughts play in our attachment systems and in maintaining our attachment style. And whenever you sign up, you can have access to that immediately. Have patience with yourself in this process. Have self-compassion, but be committed. You know, that's something I certainly know that for myself, one of my things was like, I'm not giving up. No matter how many times I fall, I get up and I go again. And it's really you know, just important that you recognize that your attachment style is influenced by so many different factors, our early experiences, current relationships, our beliefs about ourselves, our ability to, you know, be present. And so just listening to this episode, just think about like, what's my next step? What's something that I can do for myself? How can I invest in myself this knowledge to take this forward? Mindfulness practices, sensory-based techniques, interpersonal interventions, cognitive work, this all promotes self-soothing abilities. And by cultivating and creating these skills in your daily life, I'm really confident that that can help you with self-soothing. If you have taken anything from this episode, please go to the link, check out the Attachment Recovery Gym because there's a whole community waiting for you. And thank you for being here. Well done for being here. Just sending you all the best on this journey. And I will be back here next week.